got a preview of our remarks at the end, so for once, I'm going to keep myself brief. I'm Father PJ. I'm the parish priest here at Christ the King, um, and on behalf of our community, I want to thank you for the support that you're showing to the Fermaros and the Millers and the whole clan that's gathered here. Um, I want to say a special word uh, from Monsignor Bagnano, whom I know wished he could be with us today, but was not able to. He loved Tommy dearly, as did all of us. The last time I got to see Tommy was a couple weeks before Christmas. I was over at the house. He was having kind of a hard day, so Karen said, come over, cheer him up kind of thing. So I did. And uh, when I went to leave, of course, there was the fumble for the $2 bills. But when that was done, uh, he, he was looking around the room, clearly wanting to send me off with something. And um, he kind of stumbled over and found this old putter. And he gave me he gave me the putter. And I said, Tommy, I don't golf. And he said, I know that. And I said, well, what's the putter for? And he said, well, didn't you get mugged when you were on vacation? <laughs> Turns out it's Karen's putter. She wants it back. <laughs> Tommy had a way of engaging with other people that I've not encountered in anybody else quite the same. Sometimes it got to be a bit much. You'd have to sort of back him off. But in general, right, he would lock in. And when you were there, nobody else existed. Nobody else existed. He could fix his attention on you, make you feel like you were important. It's true. But I don't think he was just making you feel that way. In that moment, you were actually the most important person in the world, which I know at times annoyed the people who were actually the most important people in the world to me. 
I really believe, and I'm, I'm not saying this, I'm real careful about this. You that are regulars here know me well enough to know this. I don't canonize people at funerals for a lot of reasons. Um, Tommy wasn't a saint, and he wasn't perfect. But his relationship with Jesus was real. And it was personal. And it was, like, mediated through all of these other people. You know, churchy types like me will say or write fancy things that say things like, when a guest comes, it's Christ who comes. Tommy didn't have to say it. He just did it. When he'd meet people on the street, poor or well, they all got their $2 bill, whether they needed it or not. I actually had, I was telling the gang a couple nights ago, um, last year, my niece and I were sitting outside Smitty's, getting ready to take her to the airport. And uh, Patrick Cutter was there too. And, and I got up to go to the bathroom. When I came back, my niece, my niece said, this, this, this strange old man came over and told me he went to school with grandpa and then he gave me a $2 bill. <laughs> she got five out of it. She's very cute. <laughs> it would be easy to dismiss uh, the way that Tommy engaged with people as just a personality quirk or a personal eccentricity. But any of us who knew him, as family or as friends, as fellow parishioners, as brothers in the fire department or as friends from Dowling and, and around town, uh, we know that's not true. Tommy was idiosyncratic. That part's true. But the engagement with other people, that was real. That was living. And here's how I know, at least, it was rooted fundamentally in Jesus. Remember early on when I came here, it was about five years ago, um, I was passing through that back hallway and Tommy was in the Adoration Chapel. And so I poked my head in and said hello. And he started telling a story about a Dowling football game 50 years ago. And to be perfectly honest, I couldn't make head or tail of what he was saying. And I really had to go to the bathroom, and he was not picking up on any of the cues. So finally, I just said, Tommy, I said, you're in the chapel, talk to Jesus. And he looked over, and he looked back at me, and he said, well, he's already heard them all. <laughs> you see, it wasn't imaginary, and this wasn't just a social enterprise for him. He really believed it. He really believed that he was encountering Christ in every person that he meant. And he was going to try and show that person as much honor and respect and love and care as he would were it our Lord himself standing in front of him. Even this, this you know, nickname, Papa Tom, we don't start off complete. Right? We kind of have to grow into who we are. And some people are, are like just naturally inclined better as moms or dads or as grandpas or grandmas. Right? Some people are better grandpas than they were dads and better grandmas than they were moms and some the other way around. I, of course, didn't know Tommy when he was young, like you all did, and I certainly didn't have the experience of being raised by him. But what I could see the last five or six years of his life was that he came into his own. Not that the last five years were perfect, but that the way that he engaged with people as an old man was what he was aiming at the whole time, even if he didn't always have all the stuff to do it. 
talking to several firefighters who served with him over the last few days, I got that too, that over time, especially as, as, as he aged through the department, he became this sort of wisdom figure, right? The one you'd go to for advice, difficult questions, both about work, but maybe even more importantly about life, family, love. He, he had, like we all do, to sort of grow to full stature in his own life in Christ in order for him to be that same Christ for each of us. See, the complex of rituals that make up the funeral are basically making this bold statement. The Christian life is not simply an imitation of Christ. We don't, you know, wear crosses like we would a favorite jersey to show what team we belong to. It's a real participation, a share in Christ's life. When Tommy was first brought into the church as an infant, he was carried in by those who loved him, and he was covered with the water and clothed in the garment and given a light from the candle. And so today, the last day he'll ever be in a church, he's borne in by you who love him, and he was covered again with the water and clothed again with the white garment and brought as near to the candle as can be. He draws near to the altar. He made vows at an altar many years ago, and those vows served to shape and form and direct the whole of his life. It's not only what made him the husband he was, but the father and grandfather and uncle. In important ways, it's probably what made him the officer that he was with the fire department. He gave his life at the altar, and so it is from the altar that he received life, the Christ life that comes in Holy Communion that life that was so powerful and compelling for him that he couldn't help. Even when he wasn't always well enough to attend Mass, he'd pop in for visits to the chapel because he recognized how important, how singular Christ's presence in the sacrament is, and he knew he couldn't live without it. We couldn't have had Tommy if Tommy hadn't had Jesus. And because Tommy had Jesus, we came to meet Jesus in him as well. That makes all the difference. Those of us that are younger, the kids and the, the grandkids, the nieces and the nephews, and those closer to that age than, than the uppers, if, if you want to honor his memory, if you want to make him proud, just do that. Meet Jesus the way he did, and be Jesus the way he was. It's that kind of simple. And then, then the prayers and the sacrifices that we offer for him begin to take shape themselves and make sense. Not because we're afraid God's going to count how many two-hour bills there were. <laughs> but because we know, we know that even at the end, we feel unfinished. And the only thing that will complete us is Christ. So as we do what we've come here to do today, we'll honor Tommy, we'll give thanks for him, we'll pray for him, that God's good to him in the world to come. But more than that, pray to be like him in his generosity, in his candor, in his care, and in his mercy. And keep your eyes open. On Sunday, there was a single 
$2 bill in my collection plate. Let us stand and pray that our God, who has revealed himself as God of the living and of the dead,